הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים אמיתים שבחנו ולכל הצדיקים אמיתים שוכנע אחר הקדוש משבר ותמה. ובפחד לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסודון אמנך נווה וכוחו. מה רבנו אנחנו נמצא גם בשמחה. נא נח נח מנח ומאומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן. So ברוך השם, today we have a small podcast. Starting where we left off in סימן כ"א, lesson 21 of שיחות ערן. We're also going to do 22 and 23. It's going to be a small podcast. But nonetheless, uh, focus on each siman as they come, because each siman, each section that we're going to read today has a piece of advice that you will not find anywhere. A chidush that, a chidushim that we're going to see that, uh, you know, mamash, unbelievable. And um, starting with the first one about the holiday of Rosh Hashanah, better known as, uh, or not better known, but also known as Yom Adin. The reason why it's called Yom Adin, the Day of Judgment, is because if you look in the, what do you call it? Today where the entire world, sorry, today where the entire world, both Goyim, non-Jews, both Jews, everyone, plants, earth, animals, whatever it might be. Yes, there's, different, there's four different types of Rosh Hashanah, as we know. But the Rosh Hashanah for the world is, uh, is what we know as, uh, what do you call it? Rosh Hashanah, Aleph Tishrei, Aleph and Bet Tishrei. And this is the Rosh Hashanah Rabbeinu is talking about a day which the Zohar describes as a day of great judgment. How Hashem um, gives a lot of control. The Satan has a lot of control on this day. Um, very scary things. If you were to read the different pieces of the Zohar on the day of the, um, about the day of Rosh Hashanah, we would get goosebumps just from reading it and really, really ponder about how to spend our Rosh Hashanah. Which is why it's such a big chidush that Rabbeinu gave us the obligation to come be with him for Rosh Hashanah in Uman, something that we're going to see becomes very important, um, especially because if one reads the Zohar and sees how strict the day of Rosh Hashanah is and what really happens in the Shamaim on this day, you, Mamash, would really reconsider what you're doing. <laughs> it's something very scary. And um, Rabbeinu gives us a very good piece of advice on Rosh Hashanah in general. And this is what it is. On Rosh Hashanah, a person needs to be wise. A person needs to be wise. And Rabbi Nusad, what does it mean to be wise in this context? That a person needs to be wise on a day of judgment, on Rosh Hashanah? He needs to think and ponder only good thoughts. That Hashem will do good things with us. Meaning, stay positive. And we're going to see why this is so important. One needs to be happy on Rosh Hashanah. We also need to cry on Rosh Hashanah. Rabbeinu puts it out there. Three things that we need to do. First thing, think good thoughts. That Hashem is going to do good things with us. That things aren't going to be bad this year. Hashem is going to give us life. He's going to give us simcha, panasa, whatever it might be. This is essential. This is really essential. This specifically, simply because... When a person's in surrounded by a day which is, to say the least, very full of judgment, full of negativity, the only way to combat that is if you stay positive. This is very important, depending on whatever situation a person is in. When he's when he's in an unfortunate situation, an unfortunate situation, person needs to stay positive. Rabban is telling you that the positive mindset can already counteract a lot of the negativity that can happen to you because of that day, because of that moment, because of that circumstance, whatever it might be. Especially Rosh Hashanah, the day of judgment, the day one, maybe the scariest day of the entire year for the Jewish people. It's a scary day. I, 
I cannot implore anyone to read more of this, like throughout the pieces of the Zohar, to read about this. It's very, very scary. And it's very, uh, it's, I don't know, a person has to, has to, um, what do you call it? Think about this. Because, Mamash, it's, if we realize what really happened on this day, we would, we would do different things. We would do things differently. And Rabbeinu is giving us an awesome piece of advice that we have to think good thoughts. The second thing he tells us is that we need to be happy on Rosh Hashanah. Again, following this idea of staying positive. That we have to be besimcha on Rosh Hashanah. As we know, we just brought about, um, um, in the last podcast, we discussed the idea, the verse, of what is brought down, Ki chedvat Hashem hi that Hashem's strength, or that Hashem's joy, He Mauschem, is your strength. Meaning that Simcha is the Simcha, the, the happiness, is uh, what you call it, is our Oz, is our what you call it, is our strength. And this is said about Rosh Hashanah, as we see in Israel Nechemia. Um, this verse that one needs to be happy on Rosh Hashanah. One also needs to cry. And this plays exactly with what we talked about last, last podcast, about the idea that just because you cry does not mean you're happy. Crying, actually, from this place in which we're talking about, is actually, uh, what do you call it? A big factor, and it actually, it proves to us how happy you are. If you're able to cry on Rosh Hashanah, it actually enabled you to attain true simcha. And we know that they play um, hand in hand with each other happiness and a crying from a place of broken heartedness not necessarily from a, uh, not from a place of uh, depression God forbid but to be actually happy and to cry on Rosh Hashanah to long for good things by Rosh Hashanah on Rosh Hashanah by Yom HaRishon on the first day Rabbeinu tells us a person needs to minimize speaking on the first day of Rosh Hashanah very very much you need to be careful not to speak too much and to make sure that you do not say unnecessary words. A greater person, a bigger tzaddik, needs to be very, needs to be even more careful with this. Needs to be stricter with himself with regard to this idea that he should speak as little as possible. This is why Rabenu had the custom not even to say most of the piyutim, the songs of Rosh Hashanah, on the first day. Only that which the tzaddik Rabbi Eliezer HaKalir had um, instituted in the prayer of Rosh Hashanah. Only that Rabbeinu would say, but the rest of the songs he would not even say. Why? Just to be careful not to say an unnecessary word. But the rest of the piyutim, the rest of the songs of Rosh Hashanah, the liturgical uh, um, poems, etc., he would not read. Because of the fact that a very big person needs to be careful, he needs to be he needs to um, be very precise in this, not to say any extra word or any words that are not forced or that are not necessary. This is very key. So we see Rabbeinu gives us a few pieces of advice here on uh, Rosh Hashanah, force to be specific. The idea of having good thoughts on Rosh Hashanah, that Hashem will do good, staying positive, not thinking bad things. This is huge, huge. As Rabbeinu teaches us in Nikot wherever your thoughts are is wherever you are. And the thought has such a tremendous strength to bring into existence something. If you think something over and over and over, you can bring it into existence, Rabbeinu teaches us, that the thought has so much koach. Second thing is um, we need to be happy. Third thing is you need to cry. And the fourth thing is uh, we need to minimize um, speech as much as possible on the first day.
and to each uh, person at their own level. Siman Chavbet, lesson 22. Um, this is an awesome chidush that continues to uh, reinforce our strength, reinforce this idea to attach ourselves uh, to the tzaddik. Tov me'od, mi shizokhediot me'kohav le'tzaddik amiti. Rabenu teaches us that it's very good for one who merits to be close, or to draw close to the true tzaddik, to a true tzaddik. It's very good for a person if a person merits to draw close to a true tzaddik. Ki le'ati level, because in the future time, in the time to come, Tivit says, it is written in Eyov chapter 38, verse 13. Le'echod be'chanfot ha'aret, the ends of the earth will be grasped, will be hold, held on to. And the reshaim, the wicked people from the earth, will be shaken off from it. The earth will shake, and the, the wicked people will fall off from the earth. This prophetic vision. And Rabbeinu explains this. That, a person's go, that people are going to grab on to the ends of the earth, and the reshaim are going to be shaken off from it. Even though they're going to try to grab on, they will still not have any ability to grasp the earth. And they'll be shaken off from the earth. What does this mean? However, one who's truly attached, one who's attached to a true tzaddik, then this person will grab himself onto the tzaddik. Because he's the earth. You know, tzaddik, he is sodaram, he's the foundation of the earth. So instead of grabbing the earth, we're going to be grabbing the tzaddik, who really represents the foundation of the earth. And this person will stay steadfast. He will stay strong. He will not be shaken off with the wicked people. Because of the fact that he held himself onto the tzaddik and he grasped the tzaddik. This is the benefit of attaching oneself to the tzaddik. That one who attaches himself to the tzaddik at the end of the times will not be shaken off from the earth because he's already grasped onto his, uh, his uh, what do you call it? His firm foundation, who is this tzaddik. So, may we have the merit to follow the advice of the uh, true tzaddik, of Rabbeinu HaKadosh, Rabbi Nachman, and, uh, that we're reading right here. But it meant it's something very difficult. It's the ultimate piece of advice a person can get to attach himself to a true tzaddik and to follow the advice. We cannot emphasize this. We cannot emphasize this enough. It's something, it, it's crucial. It's uh, the foundation of the entire Torah is dependent on it. Siman Chavgim is the last Siman for today. Anave Amar. Rabbeinu answered, he responded and he said, Everyone can see pity in this world. Let's see what this means. He's going to elaborate. And because of this pity, everybody runs after this world. Everybody's chasing this world. What this means is like this. A person sees that another man is very hungry, he's thirsty, etc. And he sees that it's very difficult for this person who's hungry, who's thirsty. So he has pity on this person who has nothing to eat or drink. Same is true of someone who walks uh, without any clothing, who's barefoot. People have pity on this person. But Rabbanu said one who has eyes, meaning... One who looks a little bit deeper, one who doesn't have surface level eyes, who just sees everything, this world, this world's a complete concealment, it's a complete falsehood, this world. A person needs to look with his eyes to the right place, which is why Rabbeinu teaches us 
a person who really has true eyes might seem blind in this world. Why? Because he has no eyesight for this world. And because he has no eyesight for this world, it seems that he's blind, which is what Rabbeinu teaches us in the story of the seven beggars. But a person who has real eyes is one who looks at the world to come. And therefore, Rabbeinu said, one who really has eyes, who has true eyes, and sees the great pity and the mercy that, there, that exists upon the souls in the world to come. Because there in the world to come, we find people that literally walk naked. Not just physically naked, but they're spiritually naked. And it's impossible to have compassion on these souls. Because in this world, when a person is naked, without any garment, without any clothing, in this world, then it's possible to collect donations for this person on his behalf and to buy him a jacket, a coat, or a shirt, or whatever it might be. But in the world to come, one who walks naked, it's impossible to have compassion on this soul. Because over there, any compassion that is, that is on the soul is not effective. It's not beneficial for this person. You cannot have compassion on the soul. His time has already passed in this world. And therefore, whatever he has done in this world will, will determine whatever happens to his soul in the world to come. And therefore, whatever happens to this person, if he's naked in the world to come, he has no chance because there's no more free will. There's no more decision to change his situation. Because the garment that he truly needs, this soul needs in the world to come, is only a garment of Torah mitzvot. Meaning the garments we're talking about up there is not garments of clothing, of, uh, of shirts, of socks, of pants. It's the only way a person receives garments to his soul is through the garment of Torah and mitzvot that he does. Whatever, whether he prays, whether he performs good commandments, whether he performs the mitzvot of the Torah, whether he studies Torah. That's what determines the garments around your soul. And for this, no compassion or mercy is effective. Because what's the mercy and compassion going to do? You, it cannot give him a, a garment. Just because you have compassion on a soul like this in the world to come, doesn't mean it's going to result in him having a garment. That decision is long gone. That opportunity is long gone. Only in this world does the compassion work in the sense that what? If you have compassion, you can go and you can go gather money and whatever and uh, try to collect funds for this person for whatever uh, lacks he has. Um, sorry. But therefore, one who merits to draw close to the true tzaddik, to a true tzaddik in general, he can run to this tzaddik, to this tzaddik, and he can take for himself any garment to clothe himself with, to garb himself with. Meaning, when you attach yourself to a true tzaddik, the tzaddik in the world to come, he can hand that garment. And therefore, look how awesome it is, look at the tremendous advantage it is to attach yourself to a true tzaddik, that if you're left without any garments in the world to come, because of all your sins, etc., you can run to the true tzaddik, and the tzaddik will give you garments so that you're not embarrassed. I heard again from Rabbeinu's holy conversation with regard to this subject. In the world to come, they're going to place many people outside the gates. And they're going to scream with a very bitter voice. Give us something to eat. And people will come to him from inside. 
the gates of of Olam Abba, whatever it might be. People who have already had garments, who have had food, who have had all these mabushim, these garments, um, will come to these people without any garments or without any food or drink. And will come to them and bring them food and drink. They'll tell these people who are left on the outside, eat and drink. And they will respond, no, no. We do not need this type of food. All we need is food and drink of Torah and godly service, godly devotion. That's the food and drink we need. The food and drink we need is not physical, it's spiritual. And so too, other sort of naked souls will be placed on the outside. And they too will scream very much. Give us something to be covered with. Give us a garment to cover ourselves with. And they'll come with literal garments. These people from the inside will come and give these people on the outside garments. And they will respond, no, this is not what we need. These garments are not necessary to us at all. All we need are good commandments and good actions to enclose ourselves with. Those are the true garments. And Abenu responded and he said, he said like this, Happy is he who merits to eat many chapters of Mishnayot, to read many chapters of Mishnayot, and by this you're eating. And to drink afterwards, to drink afterwards a few chapters of Tehidim, of Psalms. Enclose oneself in, uh, in some good commandments and some positive commandments of the Torah. We see here that this is the true food and drink of a person. This is the true vitality, clothing, um, and uh, life force of a person. The Torah, the mitzvot, the masim tovim, the um, the good things that we do in this world. This is what really lasts, and these are the garments we create around our soul. So, bezrat Hashem, may we have compassion on our soul, true compassion, not just physical compassion on those who, on those who, uh, what do you call it? Men or have to eat or drink, which is of course very important. Or those who might not have clothes, which is of course very important. No one's saying the contrary. But of course, the most essential thing is to have compassion on those who um, who are lacking spiritually, and this is the biggest biggest compassion a person can have. As Rabbeinu teaches us in Torah Zayin of Likutamorantinyana, that Moshe Rabbeinu is the ultimate man of compassion, and this is why he leads Bnei Israel because he's able to look at every single soul and to see the lacks of every single soul with regard to their spiritual needs and to illuminate them in the place in which they need to encourage them and to uh, give them the advice the the, uh, the remedies that they need to each and every person according to what they lack and uh, this is all in the spiritual realm of course this is the Rachmanut in which it says in Yeshua ki, ki, ki for with compassion he will lead them meaning Moshe Rabenu. He is the master of compassion, and this is why Moshe Rabenu is the leader of Am Yisrael. So, B'zalat Hashem, may we emulate the tzaddik Moshe Rabenu, emulate, emulate Hashem's compassion on Bnei Yisrael, and Mamash uh, have compassion on other souls who are, might be further away from Torah, to illuminate to them that they too also have a place in Torah, they too have always this idea of Teshuvah. That's it for today, B'zalat Hashem. Next podcast, we start with uh, Siman Chavdalet, Lesson 24.